And welcome back to another edition of the Champs Corner podcast featuring Mark Jennings. I'm your host, Drew Champlin. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, CastBox, and more. Uh, since our last podcast, which was recorded right after the Alabama-Auburn game, Alabama received three verbal commitments in the class of 2012. We will get to that shortly. First, let me introduce my co-host, Mark Jennings. Mark, how you doing? Drew, it's really my favorite time of the year. It's college football season winding down, recruiting's picking up. We're going to have a lot of recruiting news to talk about. Uh, a lot of movement around on the recruiting front in terms of players and where they're going and where they're landing. And, and I, I love being on the podcast, Drew. As you know, it's my favorite part of the week. And I'm looking forward to talking about some big-time prospects, talk about the goings-on in college football. And I'm ready to do it, Drew. Let's get started. All right. Uh, some interesting local news. And I don't know if you knew this or not, Mark, but apparently uh, – I think it's called the American Football Alliance. It has a team, and it's called the Birmingham Iron. And I, I guess I knew that, but I hadn't really paid a whole lot of attention. And they're going to play some games in Legion Field next spring. There's teams in Salt Lake, San Diego, Orlando. I know Steve Spurrier's coaching one of the teams out there. I think Blake Sims is going to be playing quarterback for the Birmingham Iron. And But I know you broke down a lot of these players' films as they were coming through high school, Mark. Uh, have you heard about this uh, this new uh, secondary football venture, it seems? Drew, not only have I heard about the Alliance of American Football, I could not be more excited about it. To be honest with you, Drew, I haven't been able to let you guys know, but I finally got permission to let it be known. I am a part of the ownership group of the Birmingham Iron. I'm a minority owner, uh, but I'm a big investor. Uh, we're talking about a football league in the spring. Uh, as much as American loves football, there's no way that a football league play in the spring is ever going to fail. And when I'm looking at this and I look at my business expertise and the, and the wealth I've created with my dipping Dots and my golf course, uh, this is just a no-brainer for me. I think this is going to be a huge money maker. I think the games are going to sell out. We've already got a TV contract in place with the Columbia Broadcasting System. I, I, I'm pumped. I've already got my skybox ready to go for the Birmingham Iron. And I'm kind of surprised that you haven't heard about it yet. Drew, have you gotten your season tickets yet? You know, Mark, I haven't, but I'm seeing on their website that they're uh, as low as $75 for five home games. That seems like a pretty good deal. Um uh, yeah, I had no idea you were involved with this venture, and it's very interesting. So, uh, it's, it's it's congratulations. I mean, it seems like uh, you've really outdone your. I mean, it seems like you outdo yourself with every business venture you're a part of. But you know, with Dippin' Dots, uh, the college football season being over with, as far as Alabama home games, I guess you needed something else to uh, you know keep your to invest your wealth in. Well, when we were talking, let me get to your first point about ticket prices. When we were talking about how we we're going to do the ticket packages uh, and how we we're going to get people in the stands, I told them, you know, this needs to be football for the common working man, like I used to be before I became extremely wealthy. And so I, I was very influential in making sure we had low ticket prices. You said $75 for five games. Sideline seats are available for $35 a game if you want to sit there. Uh, food concessions are going to be very inexpensive. And I just think that's very important for the fans 
to be able to have some affordable entertainment and see some uh, really some fantastic football and some fantastic football players in this new professional sports league. I cannot be more excited about it. I encourage everybody to go buy uh, the Birmingham Iron Gear that you can find in the stores. I do get a small cut of that as part of the ownership group, uh, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, I, I'm, just, I'm pumped about it, Drew. They had the quarterback draft last night or the other day. I don't remember when it was. Uh, and I'm excited about the roster that we have we have together. Uh, originally, I was asked to be the director of scouting for my good friend, Coach Tim Lewis, the head coach of the team. But you know, I told him that with all my other business ventures, I didn't have time with me breaking down high school film to have an official role with the team. Obviously, I'm available for any unofficial consulting he wants that I'm part of the ownership group. Uh, but but I, I'm just pumped about this new football league, and I'm excited for the city of Birmingham. Uh, it, you know, they're playing an incredibly, you know, I talked before about the dangerous parts of Birmingham. They're playing an incredibly safe place at Legion Field. It's a very safe area. You know, bring your family and kids and wife. You don't have to worry about uh, them being in danger. So I'm just excited about the whole thing, Drew. Uh, kickoff is only, I believe, two, three months away on, for the uh, second week of February. And I, I, I'm sorry, Drew, I'm just so exuberant about this. I can't believe, remember the last time I was excited about something as I am this. So uh, I, I just can't wait, Drew. That's that's fantastic, Mark. I can't wait to talk more about that maybe after signing day, if not before. But, hey, let's talk about some twenty class of 2020 recruits. Uh, you mind shifting your focus to that? You know me. I'm always willing to talk some high school football and breaking down film with you. All right. Well, so you and I recorded a podcast about 7 o'clock on Saturday after the Alabama-Auburn game, but this was before uh, Alabama got commitments up. Roy Dell Williams, the four-star running back from Town, announced on Sunday. And then the day after, you had Chris Braswell, a five-star defensive end from Baltimore, and a uh, uh, Javon Baker, a four-star receiver from Fairburn, Georgia, all announced their commitments. Class of 2020, Alabama's got 11 pledges right now, the number one class. Were you hearing about these these commitments when you were at the game, Mark? Well, you know me, Drew. I'm a very praying person. I'm a very spiritual person, and I was praying before the podcast because I had some information uh, about Roy Dale Williams that I could not share with your listeners. And I apologize to the listeners that I can't share all my information, but you know, it's one of those things where if I share all the information I have with the listeners, I quit getting information. So I knew Roy Dale Williams can commit after the Iron Bowl. Uh, I'm glad you didn't ask me about him last week. I don't know what your questions are going in. So I'm really glad and thankful that, to the God that you didn't ask me for, about Roy Dell Williams. But uh, I'm excited about all these players. Is there anyone you want to talk about first of these three commitments? Yeah, let's start with Chris Braswell. He is the highest-rated current Alabama commit. And, you know, these guys, they all just finished their junior season. Some of them might still be in the playoffs. But uh, Chris Braswell, the number 19 overall prospect by uh, some of the subscription sites. And you may have him. Obviously, I know you have him different in your rankings than these guys do but you don't disclose your rankings which is uh which is you know if i were you i'd be the same way but uh really elite recruit defensive end a lot of room to grow it seems like uh tell us what you've seen out of chris braswell up in uh st francis academy well first you are correct drew i don't release my ratings uh to the public that's proprietary information that i use uh to to inform other coaches and I like to give back to the game. I'm not interested in selling my product, my, my passion for football, 
and making money off of it. I believe in the purity of the game. So I'm never going to be able to be able, or I'm never going to release my ratings uh, for any type of profit motive uh, to the listener. So if you listen to that, first off, I apologize that this is a personal thing for me. Second, let's talk about Chris Braswell. Five-star defensive end, uh, weak side defensive end from St. Francis Academy in Baltimore. That's a Maryland, Drew. Uh, the recruiting sites list him have a top 20 prospect. I think that's about right. Uh, he's 6'3", 211, quick off the edge. Can really go down and stuff the run and play big if you need him to. Really going to be a fantastic end in that 3-4 defense Coach Saban likes to run. Uh, he's just a fantastic player, Drew. I think he's rated correctly. He reminds me of another guy who I thought was a little overrated about a decade ago, really eight years ago, uh, out of the South, played football in the Southeastern Conference. I believe he's still in the NFL, Drew. I don't follow the NFL as much as other people do. Uh, out of Rock Hill, South Carolina. Played for my good friend, Coach Bobby Carroll at South Point High School. Coach Bobby Carroll, uh, known him for years. He's now the head coach at York Comprehensive High School in his hometown of York, South Carolina right up the road from uh, Rock Hill. But, of course, I'm talking about Jadavian Clowney, Drew. Do you remember Jadavian Clowney? Yeah, is this the kid who was rated number one by all the major recruiting services, including ESPN, back in the class of 2011, I believe it was? That he, one? He was, Drew, and he really was a great player. I thought it was kind of silly to have him rated number one. I had other guys at the top of my board other than Jadavian Clowney. Uh, but he was a great player, Drew. I thought he was a top 20 player. I think Chris Braswell's a top 20 player. I think this is the rare situation where the subscription sites get it right. You know, you, if you put a blindfold on and throw darts to the dartboard, you know, one out of 100 times, you're going to be able to hit the dartboard. Uh, but that's what's going on here. But I like Chris Braswell a lot. Fantastic players. He'll be the next great defensive lineman in Coach Saban's system. Yeah, Alabama stays in state with the commitment of Roy Dell Williams out of Hueytown High School, uh, 5'11", a little over 200 pounds. Really talented player. I had a chance to see him in a game last year at Hueytown when they just ran Jackson Nolan off the field. And this was a Jackson Nolan team that uh, had Auburn freshman Connus Miller. Of course, he didn't play in the second half, but they had a few other guys who were pretty good recruits. Uh, on that defense, you know, Coach Tim Bacakis is a, is a great coach over there, Jackson Olin. But this is uh, Roy Dell Williams out of Hueytown, really powerful, explosive runner. Uh, <clears throat> I think I'm excited for Alabama that they got him. And uh, what can you tell us about Roy Dell Williams? I like this player a lot. There are a lot of time Alabama fans get lost in the shuffle of, of the great in-state players. And they get excited about guys like Najee Harris from California, you know, Tua Vagalatata from, from the Polynesian Islands. Uh, but they forget about the great players in state. And one of those this year is Roy Dale Williams. Uh, I think he's a fantastic running back. He's 5'11", 200 pounds. Uh, you know, he's only 200 pounds, but it's it's muscle. Not a lot of body fat on the kid. He runs strong. He's got great lateral quickness. Can really find the hole and cut through it. Uh, I love this player. Drew is a fantastic player. Reminds a lot of a guy out of the state of, originally from the state of Colorado out of Valor Christian High School in Castle Rock, Colorado. Uh, you know, frankly, a guy who really should have won the, the Heisman Award in 2015, because frankly, I thought he was the best player in the country, but I don't have a Heisman vote, Drew. I'm not one to lobby for that or, or make my opinions known at the time about those things, because frankly, he really was the best player in 2015. And of course, I'm talking about Christian McCaffrey, Drew. Do you remember Christian McCaffrey? Yeah, uh, really talented player out of uh, somewhere in Colorado, right? Val or Val 
Valor Christian, Valor, Valor Christian. Christian Drew. They're actually now coached by his father, my good friend Ed McCaffrey, Super Bowl winner, two-time Super Bowl winner, I believe, has taken over that staff at Valor Christian. He's really building a great program there and getting a really quality staff together. So I'm really impressed with what he's doing there at Valor Christian. But, yeah. Uh, Christian McCaffrey went to Valley Christian. Obviously, didn't play for his dad because his dad just took over there as the head coach. But Christian McCaffrey is a fantastic football player and really was the best player in the country in 2015. And when I look at Roy Dale Williams, he reminds me a lot of Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, tremendous players, tremendous comparison there. The last recruit since we last podcasted who committed to Alabama, Javon Baker, 6'1", 175, 180, four-star receiver out of Creekside High School in Fairburn, Georgia, just southwest of Atlanta. A really talented player, top you know, top 100 recruit in that, in that range. Uh, what do you think about him? I like this player a lot, Drew. Javon Baker, as you said, you gave all the, the, the intangibles, all the descriptive statistics of him. Uh, he's really an athletic player. He's got everything that you're looking for in a wide receiver. Uh, you know, you might, you're talking about your five-star NFL studs, you might like him to be a little taller, but he's an incredibly talented player. He reminds a lot of a guy to South Florida, Deerfield Beach High School, transferred there from Monarch High School from in Coconut Creek, Florida. Uh, really a fantastic SEC player, had a fantastic game, the SEC championship game. Frankly, I thought he was the best player in that game. And, of course, I'm talking about Riley Ridley. Do you remember Riley Ridley, Drew? I do. Is this the same Riley Ridley whose brother Calvin played at Alabama? That's correct, Drew, the same player. You know, I always thought Calvin was a better player in high school and college, but you watched that national championship game, and I thought that Riley was clearly uh, the better player there. But that's not neither here nor there. I think Riley's going to go on and have a fantastic NFL career when he's done playing at the University of Georgia. All right. Good comparisons there, good breakdowns of these three really highly rated recruits that Alabama got. Moving over into some basketball, Alabama beats Murray State the other night. I believe the score was 78-72, to 72, but that's insignificant uh, as really the, the best player on the floor or you know the top NBA prospect was from Murray State, a, a sophomore point guard named Ja Morant. That's J.A. Morant. Career high 38 points, 9 assists, did have 10 turnovers, but uh, you know he just – he probably should have had a lot more assists if his teammates were better around him. Alabama played a much better team game. Kyra Lewis, their 17-year-old point guard, had a had a great game as well. And John Petty also scored in double figures. But, man, this kid was really impressive. He got a standing ovation from the Alabama fans at the end of the game. And I'm sure they were happy to see him go. And, and this is a guy who uh, you know many people think will be could, could be a lottery pick, first-round draft pick in this year's NBA draft. And we had some questions. Questions asking who you compared him to and why he, why didn't, why did the big schools overlook John ja Morant? Well, uh, that's a great question, Drew. I told everyone I knew that first off, his Christian name is Demetrius. I'm going to call him Demetrius Morant. Uh, Demetrius Morant is a fantastic player at a Dowsel, South Carolina. I told everybody I knew that this is an NBA prospect, uh, but the SEC schools didn't really come calling. Uh, got got on to Murray State, and he's really turned out to be everything I expected him to be at Murray State. You read off his, his stat line against Alabama. Had a bunch of turnovers, but when you're controlling the entire offense for an entire game, 10 turnovers really isn't a whole lot. You know, all, you know thir- almost 40 points, nine assists. Uh, basically, he's exactly the player I thought he would be when I first saw his film coming out of Dalzell. Uh, when I look at him play, 
and I look at his explosiveness and his athleticism, especially around the rim. I'm sure you saw the highlight of his dunk near the end of the game the other night. Uh, the way he just explodes to the basket, his quickness. Uh, he's got all. He got an NBA level, which would be one of the most athletic guys in the NBA. And it's really impressive for Murray State that they were able to get him and really find that diamond in the rough. When I look at him play, he looks like another guy uh, from from the Midwest, uh, Sioux City, Iowa, to be exact. Played at Sioux City West High School, a guy who uh, the big programs really didn't forget about, and they found him pretty easily. Uh, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, Drew. I've been doing this for a long time. I don't know why some guys get found and some guys don't. But this guy at Sioux City, Iowa, with that similar type of explosiveness and athletic ability, uh, that leadership on the floor. Of course, I'm talking about Kirk Heinrich. Do you remember Kirk Heinrich, Drew? Yeah, is this the Kirk Heinrich who went on to play at Kansas and spend a lot of his NBA career with the Chicago Bulls? He did, Drew, and, and I was so happy for him as a person when he got uh, to play for the Bulls for so long. They were his favorite team growing up, uh, and and I'm, I was happy for him, and he got to play for his childhood team, and, and you know, he's just a wonderful person, a wonderful competitor, and I see uh, Demetrius Morant play basketball. He reminds me a lot of Kirk Heinrich. Yeah, great comparison there. Let's talk about another player. Alabama baseball has gotten a commit uh, from Chadwick Bryant out of Pensacola State College, a JUCO commit who is expected to sign a and be with the team next year or two years. Excuse me, it'd be the spring of 2020. So he's a class of 2019 heading into his sophomore year at Pensacola State and this is a guy who uh, <clears throat> played at uh, Thomasville High School, signed with Mississippi State, but he went the JUCO route, and I believe he was drafted at a high school. But uh, big kid, you know, about six two or so, uh, really, really live arm from from what I can tell, Mark. But I know you've got a breakdown of him, and I know we have uh, some of our listeners are really into the baseball comparisons, and we we broke down the baseball class that Coach Brad Buchanan signed. And I think it was about two podcasts ago. You can go search on uh, the, on the Champs Corner podcast on iTunes, and you'll see the baseball and basketball signing class breakdown. So you'll get uh, you will get some com- commitment comparisons there. But this is a recent commit from Chad Bryant. Mark, what do you know about him? Well, first of all, true to be fair, we're not just on iTunes. We're also on Stitcher and SoundCloud for all the for all the thousands of listeners we have listening on Stitcher or SoundCloud. You can find us there. But I want to talk about Chad Bryant. I love this player when he was coming out of high school, committed to Mississippi State originally, like you said, uh, went to the JUCO route. Uh, he's a guy has a really lot of high velocity on his fastball, goes from 92 to 96 with his fastball, has a really quality breaking ball. Frankly, I like to see him develop a third pitch. Uh, when he's in college to really enhance his game and really uh, become a major league baseball prospect. When I look at him pitch, Drew, mine's a lot of a guy who won the World Series a couple of times. A uh, fantastic pitcher. I believe he won the Cy Young Award once. I don't really remember. I don't, I don't follow the pro game like you do, Drew. I'm really focused on high school prospects. But, of course, I'm talking about Jack Morris. Do you remember Jack Morris, Drew? Yeah, is he the guy who... If I remember the correct, the same Jack Morris who threw that 10-inning shutout for the Minnesota Twins in the Game 7 of the 1991 World Series? Drew, again, I don't follow the pro game but very much, but I believe you said it. Was that the same World Series where where uh, the Minnesota Twins cheated uh, with Kent Herbeck pulling a player mm-hmm. off the bag? 
to really influence the game and determine the outcome. Was that the same World Series? Uh, yeah, I believe I believe that was. Um, you may know a little bit more about Jack Morris, though, from his uh, earlier days, though, right? Of course, Drew. I remember Jack Morris from the early days coming up, and he had the same problems where he only had two pitches. Uh, really developed that third pitch early in his career, and that's why we see he was such a great pitcher, Drew. And when I look at uh, – <clears throat> excuse me. When I look at Chad Bryant – uh, pitch and 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 you know the way Jack Morris started his career and went to college and and way Jack Morris went to BYU and of course as we all know when you commit to BYU uh, you automatically become a, a Mormon uh, even though he's from Minnesota when you commit to BYU you become a Mormon but when he was at BYU he had some fast fantastic coaching and really developed that third pitch and and I hope the same uh, for Chad Bryant when he gets to Alabama yeah. Hey, I think it would be remiss if we didn't mention the drama that's going on at Auburn. You know, last year after Gus Malzahn, head coach, signed uh, if a seven-year, $49 million extension, you know, beat number one Georgia and Alabama at the end of the regular season last year. And, you know, now for whatever reason, everybody wants him gone. So you see some sites like 24-7 Sports reporting that he may – agree to lower his buyout so he can return his coach, but he still would be owed, I think, $32 million if he just said, no, you're either going to fire me or I'm going to keep coaching. Uh, what's going on there, Mark? Are you, are you hearing it? It seems like power brokers are leaking stuff to different subscription sites, and uh, I'm not sure how much support Gus Malzahn has it down in Auburn, but I also know that uh, it would take a lot of money to get rid of him. Yeah, I thought it was real interesting. He he took the reduced buyout to stay at Auburn. You know, I'm I'm a man of, of great business expertise, and if somebody is going to owe me money if they do something, I'm certainly not going to tell them they owe me less money if they do the same thing. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me as a businessman, but, you know, football coaches aren't the great businessmen in the world, the greatest businessmen in the world. So I really – I can't – you know, I know sort of kind of what's going on there. I certainly know more than the public knows. The public just knows what's being sold to them on the subscription sites, and we talked about this last week. You know, the subscription sites, they're usually just a bunch of lap dogs for – uh, the university that they cover, and, and that's really more. That's really a big problem that they have at Auburn with the fact that they're biased journalism. And it's amazing to me that people are willing to give up their hard-earned money to pay for 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 lapdog service, really, and have people tell them what they want. I, I I I'm not exactly sure what's going on with that with the on the journalistic side with this. I know you are you know you have experience in that industry. You may be able to speak may able to speak more. Uh, knowledgeably of that entire situation but uh, I, I honestly I, I don't understand why coach Malzahn did it I think it's a it's a poor decision uh, but at the end of the day the moral of the story is don't give your money to subscription sites because uh, they're just going to tell you one side of the story and and they're not going to give you what's really going on so you know if you really want the real story don't read the subscription sites listen to our podcast that we have here yeah, you know uh, read read a bunch of there's a bunch of newspapers out there that has some fantastic journalism going on, but it's definitely not the subscription sites, Drew. All right. Well, I just wanted to just talk about that for a little bit. Hey, we're gonna answer some listener questions now, Mark. Why don't you tell everybody how they can find you on Twitter and through email? Well, Drew, we get some fantastic questions every week, and and I, I really love interacting with all my fans on Twitter. If you want to find me on Twitter, 
My Twitter handle is at MarkJennings55. That's one word, at MarkJennings55. If you want to find me on email, I'm also available via email. You can find me at MarkBreaksDownFilm at AOL.com. That's one word, MarkBreaksDownFilm at AOL.com. You can find me on there. You can find me on Twitter. And you guys have some fantastic questions every week. And I'm actually, Drew, uh, I talk about how this is my favorite part of my week is coming on this podcast and being your guest. But my favorite part of the podcast is answering listener questions. So I I'm, could not be more excited to answer some listener questions right now. All right. Well, we hear from Paul T. Graham, a a, a normal contributor to this segment of the show. And he has a few questions. He says, where do you think the big three likely free agent college quarterbacks? And he's referring to uh, Khalil Tate of Arizona, Kelly Bryant of Clemson, Jalen Hurts of Alabama, yeah, they'd be graduate transfers, I presume, if they all left, especially Tate um, or, or Bryant, definitely, and Hurts will graduate. And I'm not sure about Tate. I'm not sure of his deal. Um, where do you think they will end up next season? Thanks for taking my question. Well, I mean, I mean, Khalil Tate and Kelly Bryant, you know, they're going to go to Power Five programs and have an immediate impact. But to be honest with you, Drew, I'm kind of offended with the Jalen Hurts question. You know, we've talked – how long has Paul been sending us questions, Drew? Two years, is that right, you think? Yeah, two or two and a half years. I mean, uh, how many times do I have to tell him to ask better questions for him to get the message? At some point, you know, it, it, I, I, at this point, I, I just don't think you can teach an old dog new tricks. You can't teach a person to ask better questions. Does he know information about Jalen Hurts that, that Jalen Hurts doesn't even know? I mean, that's a legitimate question. Why are you why are you implying that Jalen Hurts is going to transfer? Has anybody said anything to him? If he has some inside information, that is certainly inside information that's not privy to Jalen Hurts, the one who's making the decision, or even his family members that I talk to and, and has important influence on their life that I have. I, I just I just don't understand what does he think that he knows that Jalen Hurts himself doesn't about transferring. That's that's the question I have, Drew. I mean, seriously, we've been doing this for two and a half years with these questions from Paul Graham. Why are we still? Why are we still even reading his questions on the podcast? You know, I've talked about getting my intern Caden to to my intern, my business manager, to be an intern on the podcast, or hiring an intern to be on the podcast to to filter out some of these questions. And I know, you know, anybody with the minimal level of competence. Not even experiencing in, in, in producing podcasts, but anyone with a minimal level of, of competence can figure out that these are bad questions. Drew, we need to hire an intern. Do we have money for the in, for an intern? Well, we, we do have some more money in our Patreon account. We'll get to that shortly in, in a little while, but uh, maybe we can put that to an intern. Let's. Uh, we do have the next question. Also comes from Paul T. Graham. He says, Mark, with the news of your good friend Mac Brown getting back into the game, getting hired at North Carolina to be the head coach at age 67, could you tell us what things you were hearing about others in the geriatric circuit who may make a similar leap this offseason? Well, i got to be honest with you. That's actually a pretty good question. I apologize for my rant earlier, Paul. Uh, but, Drew, just to be clear, what I, I'm, not a, I'm not an educational man. I don't have much of an education. What is geriatric? What does that mean? 
I think Paul is taking a swipe at people who may be of advanced age. Advanced? What is that, like old? Yeah, 80 or something, 90, 95 maybe. Oh, this is a really good question, and I have lots of good answers for this. I can tell you, for one, uh, I I know personally that, you know, I've said this for years, uh, but Lee Corso, is my good friend Coach Corso, is wasting his talent on television. And he should be back in coaching, and, and he is too much of a positive influence on young people's lives, and too much of a of a of a brilliant football mind to be on TV every week. And he's interested in getting back into coaching. Whether or not he does it, I'm not totally sure. Uh, but frankly, he should be in there. Uh, Lou Holtz is interested in getting back into coaching. He's an elderly gentleman, uh, but again, he's a fantastic football coach. You don't forget how to coach football. You know, it's like riding a bike. You know how to coach football. You can coach it forever. Same thing with riding a bike. Uh, you know, my good friends, Coach Corso and Coach Holtz, would be fantastic hires for any Power 5 football program. You know, for people who are still in coaching, uh, John L. Smith is currently at Kentucky State uh, with the Thoroughbreds in Division Two. He's doing a fantastic job there, which is really is not a surprise to anyone who follows college football coaching. He's doing a great job. He'd be a, another fantastic Power 5 hire. Uh, you know, frankly, Drew, I think there's a lot of AIDS discrimination that goes on in the world of college football. And frankly, it's pretty disgusting to me as, as a human of the earth and a person with a soul. And frankly, the fact that these guys can't get coaching jobs because of their AIDS is pretty gross. And it's really one of the biggest flaws that we have right now in college football. All right. Thank you, Paul. We hear from uh, Biff Parkaroba. It is always now on Twitter. It looks like it's N0W on Twitter. Mark, what do you make of the federal report that was issued last week on climate change? Well, I saw there was a report, Drew, but frankly, I think if you trust anything the government tells you, you're a pretty silly person. Uh, I personally wouldn't trust anything the government tells you. I mean, the government tries to tell us that we landed on the moon, but even when half a brain knows we didn't land on the moon, everybody knows that we filmed that in Sand Mountain uh, up near Albertville and Boaz. Uh, and, so, and that's where NASA filmed it. Everybody knows we didn't go to the moon. It's a huge hoax. So I certainly don't... <coughs> Excuse me, Drew, I apologize. Uh, everybody knows that climate change, uh, whatever report the government tells you, you can't trust it the same way that they didn't land on the moon because that certainly didn't happen. I'm running my own models. Uh, through my recent uh, gain in meteorology expertise, I'm running my own models, and I look forward to letting everyone know what those models say about the Earth and the, the greenhouse effect and, and global warming and what really the impact is. Uh, but frankly, if you listen to anything the government tells you and you believe it, that's your fault. At this point, it's your fault uh, for being so ignorant about what they do. All right. Uh, we hear from Richard at Richard Thinks One on Twitter, what is the update of quote things going on at Georgia? Any hints you can share? Drew, can you repeat that handle again? What was that? What was that guy's name that you said? Uh, Richard. It's at Richard Thinks One, and I wonder if he's changed his handle over the last few days. He might have. I don't know. Frankly, Drew, I'm not going to answer this question because I don't like this person's attitude, and I think he's very rude and very inhospitable on Twitter, and not appreciative of my knowledge and expertise and the things I share with the listeners and fans of, of the podcast. Uh, 
So, frankly, I'm not going to answer his question because I think he's a very poor person. Uh, I think he has some major character flaws. And I'm, not, I'm just not going to answer his question, Drew. You're going to have to move on. To that. I'm sorry for making it awkward, but you're going to have to move on to the next question. And we'll do just that. We hear from Dylan. That's at Diesel Jung. He asks, uh, are Kirby Smart defenses just not apt to get after the quarterback, or just apt not to not get after the quarterback very much? Well, I don't think it's a thing where he, he purposely wants not to get pressure on the quarterback. Uh, his entire defensive velocity is about containment and, and really pushing in that line. And not so much as getting to the quarterback, but collapsing the pocket, and that's what you're interested in. You know, you look at a guy like Quentin Williams, who I had, had, had as really the number one defensive tackle in the country coming out of high school. I believe we talked about it last week. He's a guy that can, that can really uh, exceptionally, has great instincts, can really read the quarterback and read the running back and see what they're doing. But not everybody has that type of ability. Not everybody on Alabama and, and not everybody on Georgia has that ability. So Coach Mark's going to say, look, let's just collapse the pocket and contain and get pressure. You look at something like the 2009 SC Championship game, the goal wasn't to get pressure on Tim Tebow. The goal was to collapse the, to collapse the pocket and keep him contained. And that's, that's Coach Mark's philosophy. So uh, I, don't, I don't think it's a, they can't get to the quarterback. I think they purposely choose not to. Interesting. We hear from Hunter Letson, and uh, thanks to Hunter for being a Patreon donator. You can uh, support Mark Jennings and the podcast, patreon.com slash markjennings55. But uh, just want to say thanks, Hunter. He says, no question. He just wanted to thank you for all your safety tips and training for surviving my trip to Dangerous Hoover today. Well, you know, Drew, the reason I come on this podcast to provide valuable information and information people could use uh, to make their lives better. And whether it's in breaking down high school film or in terms of uh, giving people uh, information about the safe areas and where to be and where not to be, uh, those really uh, fill my soul and warm my heart. So, Hunter, uh, you're very welcome. And I want to say thank you for your donation uh, to the Patreon uh, $5,000 is, is hugely generous. I didn't know that was you that gave the Patreon. Drew told me that somebody donated $5,000. So thank you very much to that. Uh, I've got a bunch of renovations to do at the course. i got to renovate the pro shop and get it ready to go for the spring when the weather warms up and we get a lot more golfers in. Uh, we got to do stuff. I'm getting new pins and flags for the greens. So that $5,000 would go very far, Hunter, and, and thank you so much for that. Uh, and I and I really and I appreciate uh, your gift, and you're very welcome for all the things I've done for you to make your life better. All right, and we end the podcast. We hear from Bryant Ridgeway at underscore bn Ridgeway. Do you suspect that Mac Jones will have trouble holding in such a big game? I, I, honestly, Drew, I think he will. You look at you know he's a guy who doesn't get a lot of snaps during the game. He plays he plays very sparingly. He's not used to receiving the shotgun snaps in the big game, and, and receiving a shotgun snap is not a lot different than uh, receiving a snap from the, the center and Thomas Fletcher, the greatest long snapper in the history of the game. Uh, I, I just think that uh, I, I would be concerned if I were an Alabama fan, the guy who's not very experienced in receiving those snaps in a big game situation and a guy who has struggled before. I think it's a significant possibility that, that he would have trouble holding in a big game. That's an excellent question, Brian. Thank you. 
All right. And that'll wrap up this week's edition of the Champs Corner podcast featuring Mark Jennings. What a great podcast. Learned so much about Mark and uh, congratulations on your new business venture. Three great podcast breakdowns or recruit breakdowns of 2020 commits for Alabama. And, uh, you know, subscribe to the Champs Corner podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, CastBox. If you have an Android app, that's a quality app right there. Tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your your aunt and uncle, your principal. Uh, just spread the word there. And uh, and hopefully we can get some more, even more listeners than we already have. But, uh, Mark, thanks again for joining us this week. Drew, I'm disappointed the podcast ended so quickly, but, you know, I look forward to doing it again real soon. I would do this every day if I could, to be real honest with you, but uh, I love being on your podcast. I'm looking forward to the outcomes of the games this week. I'm looking forward to the state championship games coming up at the high school level, and I can't wait to talk about those when we talk again soon. Good deal, and thank you to everybody for listening. <laughs>